Welcome to Trauma-Informed Parenting, where you can find information about adoption, foster care, parenting a child with a capital letter syndrome, such as ADD, ADHD, FASD, SPD, on the spectrum, etc., and trauma-informed parenting, all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker, but more important than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos with trauma histories and capital letter syndromes. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Trauma-Informed Parenting, a Coffee Break Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to this episode of Trauma-Informed Parenting. Today, I have a special guest, Megan Elaine, who calls herself just a mom, but she's so much more than that. And she is from Frugal Made Simple. Now, this is in a series that I've been doing on practical tips that you can, or habits that you can use in your home just to make your day more peaceful. And so because of that, Megan has agreed to talk to us about freezer cooking and how it helps with more than your budget. Welcome, Megan. Thank you, Kathleen, and thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad you got to come on. Yes, it's very exciting. So I am I am just a mom, and I have five kids, and one of those kids has a capital letter syndrome. Hmm. So for years and years prior to getting connected with the right professionals and getting the help that our child and our family needed, things were pretty difficult. Um, I felt like I couldn't cook meals because I was constantly intervening and trying to manage meltdowns. I couldn't load kids up in the car to go get fast food because that just resulted in fighting and meltdowns and Mm -hmm. even unsafe behavior in the car. So it was more difficult to manage even just a simple fast food dinner on the days that I couldn't get dinner on the table. I felt like our routines were non-existent. And I was exhausted and honestly felt like I was failing at just about everything in life at that point in time. Hmm. So after a really long road, it felt long looking back. It wasn't as long as it felt like at the time. But I finally found a routine for myself that ended up helping to get my whole family on a routine. But it was more than just that. It was a way for me to get dinner on the table on time, which led to me getting kids to bed on time and even getting to spend some more quality time with them that wasn't stressful and chaotic on my part. So most of all, this was the one routine that I figured out how to put into place that let me feel successful on those really, really difficult dates. Like no matter how difficult that day was, at least I fed my family a nutritious meal 
it was on the table on time, and we could get our night done. And that is exactly why I wanted to do this series, because I think that often when you have a child who has a trauma history or a capital letter syndrome, things are chaotic in the home, especially pre-diagnosis or even right after the diagnosis when you're trying to figure all of these things out and everything else just slides off the table like you just can't manage. And so that causes not only frustration for yourself, but it feels like you can't accomplish anything. And honestly, Megan may not know this, she is the one who inspired me to do this series and talk about these practical things because we had a conversation um, via Zoom one day and she was just telling me some things about her family and it got me to really thinking like, oh, well, this is what I did and this is how I manage that. And, and people need to know that you can have these systems in place. Are they going to work perfectly? No, but the truth is these systems work for you, even though you have to work them, so that you can have more peace in your home. That is so true. And no, I did not know that I inspired you to do this theory. <laughs> I'm glad that you are. <laughs> um, so uh, you, I, you've told us a little bit about your journey. Do you have anything to add to that before I ask you a question? No, go ahead and ask. So why is, and you've explained this a little, but I'll let you talk a little bit more about it, but why is this relevant for parents? Well, it's because I know that I am not the only one who has gone through this. Mm. I've right. met other moms in my journey now that are at the beginning stages or even are quite a ways into this journey themselves and still really need some help with these practical tips that you're sharing right now. It's, it's really to provide support for everyone else. Right. And I won't pretend that I have all the answers because mm. I definitely don't. I'm still learning new things that we're putting into practice that are helping quite a bit. But I want to share what I have learned so that other parents who are out there can have that feeling of peace mm -hmm. and just a little bit of calm in their day. Right. And that sense of, you know, I can accomplish something. I, you know, my life is not going to be this way forever. I can put some systems into place. So what are three things you think parents need to know about these freezer cooking, freezer meals, and how did, you know, how does that all work? Well, the first thing to know is that it is possible to find time to do this. Hmm. When you hear me talk about this, you're going to start thinking that that is not possible. My life is too chaotic. There is no way. And I know that because I was there too. Hmm. When I first started thinking about doing this, I definitely listed every single possible roadblock. And I finally thought something has to give. And so I found the time and I can share tips with how I found the time that may or may not work for you, but it might at least help you to think about some things that, that could work. Um, so the first thing is that it really is possible to find the time. And second is that it really is worth it. 
to find that time because it gives you that little bit of successful feeling and accomplishment on the hardest of days. So the third thing is I was I can share how I actually carved out some of that time and the mm. benefits that I found from it. So before we even go any further, for our audience who may be like, I don't even know what freezer cooking is. Can you tell us exactly what freezer cooking is? Yeah, I can. I'm sorry. I guess I forgot to explain that at the start. Um, so the system that I put it into place that helped me the most was freezer cooking. And freezer cooking is really just the act of making a meal plan and then cooking it all in one or two sessions and putting all those items into your freezer. So it is a bit of work mm -hmm. on day one or two, but then for the length of time that you have cooked for, and that will vary based on your own preferences, but then all you have to do is around lunchtime, pull something out of the freezer and put it in your crock pot. And if it's ready at dinner time, no matter what else happens in the day, your wow. crock pot will just keep on cooking it. That's amazing. And I know that Megan has moved recently. And because she did, she didn't have freezer meals. And tell us how you felt when you were moving to oh, your new house. <laughs> I, have, I have become so used to having my freezer meals that it really was quite a bit more chaotic. Um, in fact, we just had company for a good three weeks at my house, and I did not have time to freezer cook for the upcoming month while they were here. And I am already regretting that and carving out some time to get caught up, so to speak, um, mm -hmm. because I get to dinner time and I don't want to cook or we're running to sports practices and everything else. And I realized that no one made dinner. So. Right. <laughs> so, and I just, this is not on our question list, so I'm just kind of throwing this at Megan. Like, <laughs> as far as having a, a child with a capital letter syndrome, how has this helped that child? I'd say, first of all, it helped our entire family. It's helped all of us because before we had the help and when life was in, chaos, what felt like all the time, this put dinner on the table every single night and it was fantastic. But even since then, I have kept this going because first of all, life is still kind of crazy all the time, mm -hmm. even when you feel like uh, you're managing that capital letter syndrome and the effects on the family. Uh, but life is still always busy. You're running to sports or to church or to a million other things. And so this is just something you can throw in and it helps those times. But also kids, <laughs> this is something that you taught me, Kathleen. <laughs> kids with capital letter syndrome will have regression. Mm -hmm. And when you have this in place, and you think, well, life is going great, just keep it up. Because if you have a week or two where your child regresses, mm -hmm. you've got your freezer meals, you can fall right back on all of those practical things that you're doing, and it makes it feel a lot more manageable. 
And I will say for my kiddo with um, capital letters syndrome, I told her this morning that I was going to do this podcast mm-hmm. and just a brief synopsis of, you know, talking about the freezer cooking and everything. And she said, oh, I'm glad that you're telling them about that. I think it's so awesome that you do that because we get so much more time with you now. And I had never thought of it from that perspective. It was always from my perspective or how it helped the family, you know, on our busy nights, but never thought of it from her perspective. She, you know, she's, we get to read books now until dinner, or we can go outside into the park until dinner. I had never thought of that. Right. And the thing is, you know, we put these practices into place because we know it's going to be easier for us and for the whole family. But, you know, how often do we ask? And it's interesting that we're talking about this today because I was telling Megan before we started recording, I've got my um, daughters, my grandkids for the weekend, two sets of them. And one of my daughters is coming with her. But I have spent like this week, we wrote down the snacks we're having. We wrote down the meals we've having. We've done the shopping. We made sure we have the ingredients. And, and that was just, as my kids were growing up, that was just the way of life. There was always a lot of pre-planning down to planning the snacks in the snack basket and purchasing them so that they're available. And I am telling you, this is next level doing the freezer cooking meals. It takes so much pressure and anxiety off of you. You're not sitting there at three or four in the afternoon saying, I don't know what we're going to eat. And I have met moms who really balk at the idea of planning at all. Just like, I don't want to be that restrictive. But they're the same moms that will come back to me and say, you know, I'm just so anxious. Everything is overwhelming. And it's, it's, it's these outward practices that do take time to put into them that make a difference in your daily life. Just like your daughter just explained to you, you have more time to spend with her because you take the time to do the prep work and you have the food ready. Exactly. And, you know, just to speak to that um, being restrictive Mm -hmm. um, moment there. um, So something that I have done in the past, and I will say I have done this so many different ways, from cooking for only one week to cooking for three months at a time. I have done this a lot of different ways. And so one of the ways that my family really likes that I do this is when I take the time to freezer cook I don't know, three or four weeks of food. Mm -hmm. And then I take a whiteboard on the outside of my freezer and I write down all of the meals. Mm. If I have tripled a meal in there, I write it down two or three times to match what's in there. And then every night or morning, depending on when we do that, somebody gets to go and choose what dinner will be and they erase it from the board, pull it out, and that's what it is. Wow. So it's not as restrictive as having to stick to the plan that I made, even if nobody wants that kind of a meal. It's just we have food in the freezer that's healthy, and we mostly all like it because there's seven of us, so I feel like there's always someone that says they don't like it. <laughs> right. But, you know, most people like it. <laughs> and then we take turns choosing. And I think that also helped because, uh, you know, when one of the kids is having – a difficult time and they just want their version of comfort food, mm-hmm. they can be the one to choose dinner. So, yeah. you know, it's, you can still say yes to choices, but you have them already ready to go. 
Right. And, you know, a step lower than that is something that, I mean, because when, when my kids were growing up, I didn't know anything about freezer meals. Like, this seems to be like a great, wonderful thing now. But, and I do this still to this day, even though I don't have any kids living at home, I write on my whiteboard. And when you were saying it's stuck on your freezer, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> I have it stuck to the side of my refrigerator. I write down the snacks I'm making, the desserts I'm making, the meals I'm making. And then even though it's just my husband and I, I was like, okay, what are we going to make today? We, and we make sure we have all the ingredients already. So, yeah. yeah. So, and it, it's so helpful because then you're not stressing. There's so much stress. Like you said, we're so busy with church and, and other events that we have to attend and things that we have to do and family situations that we don't have the time to be stressed by something else. Oh, exactly. So if you had one piece of advice for parents regarding freezer cooking, and you, I know that you've covered a lot, but if there's just one thing that comes to the forefront of your mind, like what would that one piece of advice be? Honestly, this is a piece of advice that I wish someone had given me at that point in time, but regardless of when you're freezer cooking, give yourself grace. If you need to put on a movie for your kids and freezer cook for that first or second time, mm -hmm. it's okay to do that. You know, if you need right. to send them to a friend's house, take turns. You mm -hmm. watch the kids one day and your friend freezer cooks or you know, get together. I've done that with friends too. We get together and the kids run outside and mm -hmm. we freezer cook together, but find a way that works for you and give yourself the grace to say that's okay, because this will benefit you and give you more time in the future. Right. That's great advice. So anything additional you would like to tell the audience about freezer cooking or anything that we've talked about actually? Um, I think the last thing I would want to remind everyone is just for freezer cooking, you don't have to plan elaborate dinners. Hot mm. dogs, taco meat, and cracked chicken, they all freeze perfect. And mm. they're quick and simple. Oh, that's good. That's good to know because, you know, my, my early visions of freezer cooking were, you know, Parisian foods and, you know... <laughs> It's just sounded honestly overwhelming to me, but it's really not. The more that I talk to you about it, like in the past conversations we've had, it doesn't sound so overwhelming to me anymore, which, which is good. So, and I know that some people are listening and they're like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. I have no idea how to get started. And I know that you have some resources. So if you could tell people where to find you and what resources you have to get them started. Sure. I have a blog called frugalmadesimple.com and I've got some blog posts and resources there that explain more of the process for freezer cooking and even how to find the time to work that in the first couple of times. I have a mini cookbook that has just a couple of quick and simple recipes to get you started. And I'm even currently working on a video series to help to kind of show the process mm. step by step 
folks would prefer to kind of see it visually. Right. Um, and hopefully that will be out soon and you can check the blog for that as well. Well, that's amazing. And you know what? And I've seen some of her PDFs and they are beautiful. So not only are they practical and not only will they help you, but they are beautiful. So I had to put that in there. And um, to finish to finish today's episode, is there any last piece of advice that you have for someone who says, you know what, I have a kid with a trauma history or a capital letter syndrome, and I just want to have a little bit more peace in my home. And it doesn't, whatever advice you want to give, it doesn't even have to be about your topic. I'm just letting you go for it. Well, my advice, honestly, is to just find some of these tips that work for you. It doesn't have to be freezer cooking. Mm. And the other tips that you may hear, Mm. you know, this podcast, your blog post, your emails, whatever it might be, find something that you think could work for you and try just the one thing at a time. Don't overwhelm yourself with all of them. And also, I know this is hard. I I still find this difficult even, but try to reach out and find some other parents who are in a similar situation because it's so difficult at that point. You feel alone and Mm -hmm. isolated a lot because not a lot of people talk about this. Right. So try to find someone that you can connect with and talk to. I agree 100%. And Megan and I, we talk to each other. And in fact, when we got on Zoom just before we had our pre-record chat, it's like, oh, I haven't talked to you forever, but we always encourage each other. And that is so important. And Megan has encouraged me and just do one thing because I get to this, I get this idea in my head that I'm going to do all the good things and I'm going to do them all at once and I'm going to do them all in one week, and it just falls apart. Because you can really, truly only do one thing well, like one new thing. And then once you get that habit established after a couple months or three months, because now scientists are saying it's not just 21 days, it's actually three months that it takes you to actually form the habit. Then you add something new in. So if you're listening to this series and you're like, oh, I'm going to do freezer cooking, I'm going to do the pick out my kids clothes thing, I'm going to do the whiteboard, I'm going to do all of the things, Uh, don't. (laughs) Just try one. Just try one. And the, the great thing about a podcast is it's always going to be there. You can go back and listen to it. Like if you decide in a month or two you want to start the freezer cooking, then you can listen to this episode again right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's great to want to do all the things. Yes. Just one, at a- <laughs> just one at a time. Just one at a time. So thanks for joining me today, Megan. I was so glad that you could be on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Trauma-Informed Parenting. Make sure you subscribe on TraumaInformedParenting.com to receive a free resource and receive a newsletter plus updates when books or new courses are released. Also, please subscribe 
to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, or Spotify and leave a review so other listeners can find trauma-informed parenting and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send me an email to contact at traumainformedparenting.com.